Welcome to Turn and Talks, your daily Dallas education blog and weekly podcast. It's that time of the month. It's time for the mailbag episode, and this month we got even better questions than last time. Uh, I'm recording from my classroom right now on my planning period because I planned last night, so I'm proud of me. Uh, and if you did the same, I am also proud of you. Pat yourself on the back. The winner this month, like last month, will get a Amazon gift card courtesy of FunCityStuff.com. That's a great place to go and figure out what's happening in the Dallas-Fort Worth area this weekend. I know I use it to make sure that my weekends are exactly as exciting as they're supposed to be. So whether it is something outside, maybe a concert, uh, or a place with food trucks and free food, uh, or it's something at a theater or an art show or a farmer's market, FunCityStuff.com has it all. Make sure you check out their website and spice up your weekend and make that bit of free time, that precious bit of free time, count by knowing exactly what's going on uh, in our city. Special thanks to them. Thanks for sponsoring the Mailbag episode each month. Next month, we'll have another Mailbag episode where we read your questions, answer them, and then the best one will get a gift card. Enjoy. I don't ever need to cook tiramisu. When am I going to need to cook tiramisu? We get gold stars when we master the material covered in class. It's just like everyone takes his class to get an A. It's bullshit, and I'm sorry. The school has lost its funding for textbooks, so you've all been given wildlife survival manuals. What kind of a sick school is this? Hmm? Hey, Miss Dumbum ain't your teacher today? I am. Welcome to Turn and Talks, your daily Dallas education blog and weekly podcast by Dallas Teachers. What you'll get here this week, like every week, is a real slice of life from the perspective of two teachers teaching in Dallas, Texas. If you like what you read and what you hear, make sure to follow us at Turnin Talks on Twitter. Send us an email at turnintalks at gmail.com, both with an S. Also, make sure you follow us on Stitcher, which is great for listening on the go, SoundCloud, iTunes, and Facebook. Enjoy! So really enjoyed the questions this month. I could tell a lot of people were really thinking deeply about what they wanted to ask. First question is this. Summer was supposed to be my in-shape time. I plan to go to the gym every single day and get ready for those winter months where I usually pack on the pounds. Unfortunately, I did the exact opposite of that, and I'm afraid I'll be bigger than ever because I usually gain weight during the school year. Really... (laughs) really hit close to home. So I've definitely blogged about teacher obesity uh, and the amount of weight that people gain when they start teaching. I think I'm probably at about 50 pounds heavier than when I started teaching about four years ago. And I did the same thing. I thought this summer was when I was going to get in shape. Yeah, I went to the gym way more. I ate better. I walked my dog more, did all those things, but I did not get anywhere near as in shape as I wanted to be part of the way I try to stop from going over the deep end is finding an athletic activity that's a lot of fun uh, and working it into my schedule. Uh, I do daily burn, which allows me to access online trainers for different workouts, kettlebells, and those sort of things. Uh, I try to go to the gym every morning about five o'clock before I go to school, which really helps me stay on a schedule and and honestly makes me feel a lot better. I'm happier when I'm getting a little bit of exercise. Uh, And the other thing is planning at home, being on top of my lesson planning and all the teacher stuff I have to do really does help me find time during the day where I can just walk around the school. 
I live Fitbit life, so I'm always making sure I'm getting my 10,000 steps in. Uh, this last week hasn't been really good for it. You know, getting started with school has really interfered with my schedule, and I need to get back on it. I'm at least waking up on time. I don't always make it out to the gym, but planning at home gives me time during my planning period where I can walk around, maybe use the school gym, and then also try making the only junk food you eat the junk food that your kids bring to class. I've blogged about it before, but the kids really like it when you share their food. So eating a hot Cheeto every now and again, eating some of their Takis, eating whatever they've brought definitely helps you build relationships. And if you make that your cheat of the day or of the week, that's a good way to kill two birds with one stone and make sure you're not, you know, shame eating an entire giant bag of hot Cheetos because you're upset at your day uh, or you're using that to celebrate having a great day. Try to limit the junk food to the kind that the kids bring to your class. Let them bring it for you. You don't have to bring that into your life. So that's my tips on how not to uh, be super out of shape during the year. It's advice I try to take myself uh, to varying degrees of success, but that's something that other teachers have told me, and some of those teachers are are much more fit than I am. So that is my answer to that question. Good question. Next. So you say you care about Oak Cliff. You say you live in Oak Cliff. You said you grew up in Oak Cliff. When are you going to have Audrey Pinkerton on the show? Yes, I do say all those things, and all those things are true. The short answer is to just trust me that I'm on it. Every trustee that is on the board, and some that are not anymore, they've been invited both in person and via email. I've invited everybody. I consider myself pretty fair as far as people talking about education are concerned sometimes to my own detriment i do get a lot of the is is this guy like what side is he on like where does he fall Uh, because i try to be as fair and impartial as i can if you want your trustee on the show encourage them to come on there are no tricks here let them know that and let them know that this is a place where they can come and have an honest conversation or at least just say their side of the story and i'll shut up i don't mind doing that at all We've gotten responses from every trustee in some form, right? Either a reply email or saying in person that they want to be a part of it. Uh, Whether that materializes or not, that's sort of in their court, right? I can't force trustees to be on the show, but there is a standing open invitation. You've heard it here first. Anybody who wants to come on the show and talk or at least get their side of the story out is welcome to do that. They're all invited. Everybody can come. Uh, So we're working on it. Uh, We've reached out to everybody. Hopefully everybody will take us up on it. Uh, You can go back through the blog and the podcast and hear, you know, or read who has been on our blog or our podcast. And it's the vast majority of members on the board. So whenever they want to come by, they can. We're working on it. Would love to have Audrey Pinkerton on the show. Audrey's probably at the top of my list right now because I just don't know her very well. I would love to have her on the show. If you talk to her, you know her, you love her, encourage her, please, to do this. Next question. I love my kids and I love my job, but there are a few coworkers that are really bothering me. They are nice enough, but I feel like they just use me for my lesson plans and linger in my classroom for way too long when I'm trying to get ready. Do I stop sharing with them? Do I tell them to go away? 
how do I fix this? I don't want to ruin our professional relationship. Well, it, the fact that you're writing in anonymously to a podcast uh, to talk about it seems like that professional relationship may already be in a state of ruin. I'll say this about coworkers that linger too long in your classroom. Maybe they think you're cool. Maybe they just want to hang out. I think it is totally acceptable saying, hey, I'm really busy right now and I need to get ready for my next group of kids coming in. Can we talk about this after school? Or how about we go out after school uh, for happy hour or go out for dinner after school and we can catch up about all this stuff? I want to hear about it, but I don't have time right now. That's something that's totally acceptable. Now, you may get one of those just nightmare people that gets offended by anything that you know asks them to do what they don't feel like doing at that moment, and they may throw a tantrum. That's fine. Personally, I don't want those people around me anyway because they make me sleepy. But if you really care about your relationship with this person, try to do that. The lesson plan thing, don't stop sharing. The reason why I say that is not because I think that you should be doing all the work for your department or for your class. I don't know what you teach, but don't stop sharing because if you believe that your lesson plans are good and they're helping your kids – they're helping that other teacher's kids too. Refusing to share is bad for kids, and that's making kids suffer for a you know adult interpersonal conversation and conflict. So keep sharing. If that other teacher is using your lesson plans and it's helping their kids, go for it. Right? If they want to be lazy, they're lazy. The other thing is like you're not in competition with that other teacher. So it's like sharing notes. In a class, for example, right? Somebody didn't do the reading and they ask you what the reading's about for a discussion. That is not something that I believe you fiercely have to protect because that is helping. That is not something that takes away from the good work that you've done, the hard work that you've put in. You are not in competition with that other teacher, right? Both of you are doing a job that most people don't want to do and a lot of people don't respect it is not zero sum what do you have to gain from cutting off that teacher and their kids from what you are clearly working harder at and doing a better job at you know is are you going to get promoted by your principal if you say hey this person's not doing anything i'm doing everything it'd be great if that's the way it works but a lot of times that's not how it works Right. Effort does not always correspond to the recognition that we feel like we deserve. But that's also not why you got into teaching. Right. And there's plenty of people that will disagree with me about this. But I share everything that I have. Other people share their things with me as well. It all sort of comes around because the point of doing hard work and doing good work is for our kids. So my advice to you is to have what Caesar Milan would call calm, assertive energies, right? If people aren't treating you the way that you want to be treated, don't tolerate that. Do not let people make you feel the way you are feeling right now. You don't have to. That is not something that is in your contract. And you know what? If you don't want to share, don't share, right? Who am I? But I will say this. A better way to approach it may be, hey, could you plan this lesson I am having a really hard time with something else, or I'm very busy. Do you think you could plan this and we could both do it? Or, hey, I'm happy to share all of my stuff, but 
I am not able to do this this week. You know, empower that person. Make them feel like they are valued, important, necessary. Take some of the stuff off your plate. It'll take some doing because that first couple of times you're not going to trust them and you're going to plan anyway, assuming that person's going to let you down. But be prepared for the worst, but, but hope for the best in that situation, right? That teacher may surprise you and become a very powerful and useful collaborative partner instead of what sounds to me like dead weight. Put your faith in your coworkers for the benefit of your kids and their kids. And if it doesn't end up working out, then guess what? You are in the same position as where you started. There's no point in not taking that risk. So keep doing what you're doing. It sounds like you're doing an awesome job preparing for your kids, but definitely assert and maintain your boundaries. Sometimes you have to check people. That is part of being an adult. That is okay. And it's something I struggle with a lot of times. I don't tend to like conflict. And sometimes I let people treat me in ways that I feel like are unacceptable. But working past that is going to be part of making sure that you are happy at work. So keep going. And if you have any sort of follow-up or feedback after this, Right in again, I want to know how it's going with that teacher that is both lingering and mooching off of your hard work. And that actually leads into this next question. Let me pull this up here. I don't hate my job, but it's not making me happy anymore. I don't want to talk to my family about it because I feel like it's going to worry them. So what do I do? I don't want to feel like I'm abandoning my kids, but I also don't want to come half-hearted every day. Wow. So this is something that I personally have felt before. This is something that my friends who are teachers have felt before. And honestly, you have to go with your gut on these types of things. So it's good that you don't hate your job. It's good that you don't hate your students. But it's not making you happy anymore. And I think that's a really important part of what you said. It's not like you're miserable. You're just not happy anymore. You're not excited. Are you still doing good work for kids? Maybe. I don't know you on a personal level. But I also know that if you're not excited, a lot of times the kids won't be excited either. If you can't give yourself the juice you need to be able to perform in the classroom, that can be detrimental to your students, right? So they're the primary concern. And if you aren't able to get ready and communicate information to them in a way that makes them happy, excited, and helps them learn, then you're doing damage. And it may make sense for you to do something else. My advice before, you know, sort of taking the nuclear option here is find something that you love that fills you up. Do you like ballet or gymnastics or Netflix or fishing? You know, find that, carve time out to do that on a regular basis so that you're doing something that fills you up so that you can give to your kids, right? If you don't love yourself, you can't love other people. Same goes for happiness, energy, all that stuff. So you got to find something that balances you out so that you can continue to perform at a level that our students deserve. And if you can't do that or you can't figure out how to fill yourself up, then this job in particular might not be right for you. Even though it seems idealistic to say so, 
teaching is a job, yes, but it's still about more than just keeping your lights on or paying your rent. There are a lot of things that will give you money. You can drive for Uber or deliver things for favor. You don't have to be in a job that literally builds a child into a human being. You don't have to be in a job that should have that much responsibility. There are plenty of other things you can do. There are jobs out there. There is money out there. You just have to go get it. The other thing I would say is remember why you loved it in the first place, right? Why did you start teaching? What did you love about teaching those first couple of years you started doing it? Look around you in the day and identify if those things are still happening or not, right? Are the kids still responding to what you've been teaching them in the same way? And if they're not, why not? Is it because you're bringing negative energies into your classroom? Is it because you have stopped putting as much effort into teaching your class than you did early on? And if that's the case, you can fix that. Or if you can't, then do something else. The other thing is if those things are still happening and now there's something in the rest of your life that's stopping you from being able to see that, that's something else you need to address. If you're in a new relationship that is starting to suck the joy out of your life and you can no longer find enjoyment in the things that happen in your classroom that used to make you happy, that is something that you should deal with. If you have a lot of extra responsibilities making you extra tired outside of school and so now you can't enjoy school the same way you used to because you're so exhausted, that is something that you can tweak and fix and try to improve your own life so that you can help mold and shape and excite other people those are fixes and if none of those things are working then yeah go do something else you are not a monster for leaving the classroom when you are no longer bringing positive benefit to that classroom there is no shame in changing professions when this profession is just not right for you anymore teaching is not right for most people that's why most people don't do it Right? That's why most people don't keep doing it. Just because it was right at some point doesn't mean it will be right forever. You are not locked into a 30-year contract. Right, The contracts are yearly if you teach at a school that even has contracts. You are always free to go. The second you start viewing school and class like a prison or like something you have to do is when you start doing a disservice to kids. You do not have to be in that situation. You do not have to be miserable. You do not have to stay in a bad situation just because you love someone there or you you have some goal you haven't accomplished yet. It is okay. Some people will come down on you for it. And that's fine, too. Guess what? They're not you. They're not living your life. They don't have to live your life. Do what you need to do. But before you wholesale get out of teaching, which sounds like at some point made you happy, do some troubleshooting and figure out what it is that happened that's different and then try to fix that for yourself. The other thing, go to therapy. (laughs) Talk to somebody else. I'm not a professional, right? I'm just a guy who has taught for a couple of years, cares about education, and happened to purchase a microphone, record things, and then work my issues out publicly, right? But I have a therapist, too. Go to Talkspace.com. It is a great platform to be able to access therapy in a way that makes sense for people that are busy and on the go all the time. Give it a try. If you need help, ask for help. That's what we 
teach our kids all the time. And that is good advice for all of us as adults to take. I finally started taking my own advice and started talking to a professional. And I'm way happier than I was even a couple of months ago. So you can give that a go too if you have no other options. And then the last thing, you know, if, if teaching's really not doing it for you and you can't do something good for kids, then go do something else. That is okay. And this brings me to our last question. Hey, Turner Talks. I would love to hear your thoughts about the impact of diversity of teachers on our diverse student populations. How has that played out in your own student life and as a teacher? This is our gift card winning question. Love this question. Uh, It was actually sent in at the beginning of the month. So I've been evaluating all the other questions against this one and none of them beat it so far. Uh, So diversity of teachers is something that has been in the uh, education blog news talkosphere. Uh, Certainly over the summer, there was a lot of it uh, and even getting back into this time last year. But So I've taught in both public and private schools, and I can say that having teachers of color uh, is something that is important in both areas. Early on, I blogged about just the connection between teachers of color and academic student performance, and I asked a couple of people, hey, if you had a teacher or more teachers that looked like you, do you think you would have done better in school? I can't say that that would have been the case for me. Uh, I did pretty well in school. And I did pretty well after school. And so I wonder, you know, where I could have gone. Sure, there's always an up, right? I always could have done better. But I feel like my academic performance was more tied to my laziness than the makeup of my teacher diversity. Uh, But I've gone back and forth on this issue. I honestly don't know if I would have been better as uh, having teachers of color because I didn't have any until I went to college. I had I had one in high school, uh, but other than that, my teachers were predominantly white males and females. So when I had teachers of color in college, it was cool and it was exciting to see someone who looked like me leading classes, but I can't compare that at a high school level or below, you know, I don't know if I would have done better in classes with a teacher of color or not. I will say that the data collected for these articles that are very well written seems to indicate that students do better uh, when they have a teacher that looks like them. I think it's important for reasons outside of academic performance, or at least related to academic performance, but not directly related to performance on tests within a certain class. I really wish that I had some of the teachers when I was in high school that I had the privilege of teaching alongside when I was at Dallas ISD. I think it's important that students of color get to see and learn from someone who has been to college and is now employed and is making something of themselves. And that's whether they have a figure like that at home or not, right? There's no need to assume our students all live lives of poverty and have never met a college graduate. I think assuming that does a disservice to our kids, but whether there's someone at home or not, I do that has been to college and is employed and you know looks like them. I think it's still important. The connections our brains make are really weird sometimes. I think that if you only are taught by people that don't look like you, you begin to associate the creation and 
transfer of knowledge only coming from people that don't look like you. And then over time, you may start to associate knowledge with people that don't look like you and associate the lack thereof with people that do look like you. And that can cause some issues with you, right? Especially it, just like if you are raised around people that don't look like you and you're the only persons that that's different, some people who grow up like that end up having issues with their own identity, end up having issues with race. It happens. So I do think it's important that our students see people that look like them that have achieved what they're trying to achieve. If for no other reason, then it makes it not seem as impossible. But I think it's also just as important for white students to have that same experience. And by same, I mean have teachers of color. This is especially true if their only interaction with people of color are through a TV screen. As a black male teacher, I know that there is not many of me, right? We are something that does not exist in large numbers across the country. There needs to be more of us. I think it is also important for white students to see that we are not just what they see on the 10 o'clock news. Uh, we are not just what they see uh, in entertainment. I think it's important for white students also to be able to see and realize that there are educated, driven black people that have accomplished the same things as their parents uh, have gone to the same institutions that their parents wish that they had gone to. I think that's something that's very important. So overall, my answer to you is that Having more teachers of color, divert teacher diversity is something that is extremely important, even if it does not correlate to direct academic improvement or, or better academic outcomes for our students. I do believe that it can help our students be better people. So that's it. Thanks for listening. If next month's questions are even half as good as that one in particular, I think we're going to have a great September mailbag. But that's it for me. Enjoy your Labor Day weekend. And if you've got some extra time, go back, catch up on some blogs, and listen to a podcast or two while you're laying out relaxing on the beach or wherever you go. Happy holidays. Thanks for tuning in. If you like what you heard, I need you to do two things. One, tell us. And two, follow us so you never miss out. You can find us on Stitcher which again is a great way to listen to things on the go. I use it to listen to all of my podcasts that I like to listen to, SoundCloud, iTunes, and Facebook. Want to be on the show? You have a topic for us to talk about? Make sure you reach out to us on Twitter at Turn and Talks with an S or by email. Uh, our email is turnandtalks at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening and reading. See you next week.